The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded October 24th, 2018. Enjoy! Welcome to the November edition of Life in the Tax Light. Katie, I've got yes. to tell you, I, I, I barely slept last night. There's so many exciting <laughs> cases to talk about today, so uh, I hope you're all ready to rock and roll. Thank you, Taxpayer Tax Court CRA. You make our lives interesting. So the first case here, this was about an out-of-this-world shareholder benefit, <laughs> literally. We're talking about a trip to space for the shareholder of the controlling shareholder of Cirque du Soleil. This was Guy Laliberté. So the concept here is they, they had this huge trip that went to space. The argument was, well, it was a business expense, so we deducted in the business, no shareholder benefit, uh, good to go. But they wanted to be cautious, so they said four million of it, we won't deduct it. Four million of it, we'll call personal, so we'll pay tax on that. CRA disagreed with this position. It went to court. Um, oh my goodness. Let me just start off by, by, by mentioning what they actually did on the trip to argue business. Well, there was a promotional broadcast which was supposed to support a charity. He took a bunch of pictures, made some books, sold them, uh, made the profits or gave the profits to charity. Uh, they did a documentary, used that in their uh, Cirque promotional materials and basically argued that the exposure would help with the launch of their Russian operation. So yes, clearly some, some business element. Yeah, but, but what it actually went to court the court looked at a number of other factors, uh, essentially finding that the primary purpose of this trip to space was for personal reasons. So why? And, and it was pretty clear by, by the taxpayers' actions and some of their communications that they intended uh, to take the, the, the trip primarily for personal reasons. Uh, there was a video that they created and two of the three reasons uh, that they uh, talked about in the video for going to space had to do with personal purposes. Uh, the CFO of the company um, stated that it was their understanding that that trip would take place even without having that broadcast, that little bit of marketing discussion. You know, Katie, the other interesting thing about this too is the court specifically noted that the taxpayer did not seek approval yeah. uh, from, from the other persons involved in the company. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because if you're an owner manager, do you have to talk to your employees or other people and get, you know, their involvement here, this suggests, it, yes, there should be some involvement or at least some kind of analysis as to the benefit you're going to get from the corporate level. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, what they call it? They call it is a personal, a personal benefit, unfortunately. But I wanted to bring in one thing. Sure. You know, I read about this space trip in the newspaper mm -hmm. online, so obviously they got some type of marketing benefit from it. Mm -hmm. uh, did the court address that in any respect? Yeah, the, uh, I mean the taxpayer did argue they got six hundred million dollars of, uh, of advertising out of the exposure and and you know it was accepted that they did get some uh, value from it. The numbers were disputed and uh, you know marketing value in terms of corporation versus personal brand, you know there's dispute there too. Um, but at the end of the day when we're talking about personal versus business um, if the primary pur purpose is personal, that means it's all a shareholder benefit to start off with. Uh, you can't deduct it in the corporation, and it's only the incidental portion of the cost relating directly to business. It's only those portions which are deductible and, uh, and not a shareholder benefit. So in this case, they determined that that number was $4 million. So the other $37 million fully taxable in his hands. So when I look at this, while this case was based on a $41 million shareholder benefit, it is still very, very applicable and relevant to the owner-managed business. 
Let's move on to the next uh, case here. So say you go to, uh, to outer space for business purposes. Well, obviously someone needs to take care of your kids while you're gone <coughs> earning money. Uh, and that's what we have here, a Tax Court of Canada case looking at whether childcare expenses with an educational and recreational component uh, would be uh, an eligible childcare expense deductible mm -hmm. against your, or on your personal tax return. Well, CRA administratively says uh, that if you do have that recreation or edu educational component, you shouldn't be able to get the deduction. And that is actually consistent with a number of court cases. The courts have said, you know what, we think you would have incurred those costs to develop the physical, social, um, educational aspects of your kid, regardless. So, you know, it makes sense. However, there are a number of other courts that look at the child care expense in a very different light. They ask what the primary purpose of incurring these costs are. If it is, allow, if it is to allow you to go to work to earn income, we think you should be getting the child care costs regardless of whether there's that educational or recreational special, special component. So in a court case here recently come out, which way did they jump? And they went with the second option. They said, you know what, if Parliament intended to limit the childcare expenses uh, to exclude those type of amounts, they would have done so. They would have drafted it into the legislation. So the vast majority of expenses for this case was or were allowed. You know, one of the in other interesting parts about it, uh, they did pay university students to take care of the kids, which cost about $5 more than a high school student yeah. doing it. So CRA's position was, well, that's unreasonably high. You shouldn't get the full amount there. What did the court say, Caitlin? <laughs> the courts told the parents, they said, you know what? You survived the terrible twos. You survived the dramas in elementary. You survived puberty, my goodness. And because you got through all that, you have the discretion as a parent to best handle, to best figure out uh, the way that your children should be cared for. And in this case, the taxpayer thought these university students, to which they paid a bit more money, uh, would be the best option for their kids. Gotta love that. Yeah. Let's move on a little bit further. Let's talk about some EI changes. Now, you know, you have a baby. You There are sort of two uh, maternity type leaves that you can take. Uh, the first one is the maternity benefit, and that's available to essentially the person that, that physically made the baby come out. So, or, you know. A little cough, you know. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> I'm gonna be in so much trouble for this. Anyways, uh, so that is, that is available. It is a 15 weeks that you can get for that. Um, the change is you can now start taking it as early as 12 weeks before expected date. Um, it used to be eight weeks. Now the second part of this is the uh, full parental benefit. Either party can take it. You can take it both at the same time as well. The change is that um, previously it was only available for 35 weeks in total. Now it's 40 weeks uh, total. However, no single individual there can take more than 35 weeks. So you have to somewhat share the 40 mm -hmm. weeks to, yeah. to get full. And the other concept too is you can actually do an extended version of this where instead of taking it over 40 weeks, uh, you would take it over 69 weeks. Now uh, that is, or oh, pardon me, 61 weeks. This extended version, instead of essentially uh, getting 55% of your uh, average weekly earnings, it goes down to 33%. But the thing is, if you're going extended, both parents are uh, are under that plan. You can't have one going yeah. one way, the other going the other way. Yeah. And to me, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about other types of uh, 
benefits. This one, however, uh, the Canada Pension Plan. And you may have heard in the news that we are going to be undergoing uh, some major CPP enhancements over the next few years. So we'll see increased payouts when you actually get a collect, but that comes with increased costs. So if you're an employer out there, you need to be thinking about how you're going to budget these increased costs uh, with respect to all of your employees. So, so how much is it going to go up and when? Well, over the next uh, five years, the contribution rate will be increasing incrementally from 4.95% to 5.95%. And then for the next two years, um, essentially the, the maximum uh, pensionable earnings will be going up to about $80,000. So at the end of the day, if you're contributing CPP on both sides, employee and employer, it's going to cost you about 2200 extra bucks. Going to the next item, independent contractor versus employee. Have you ever had this situation uh, where the, the, the payer and the payee say, hey, let's be contractors. I can pay you a little bit more. You can deduct some amounts, uh, get a, a bit of a tax benefit there. Um, let's do that. And they both agree to it. Well, the courts have come out saying just agreeing to that kind of relationship isn't good enough. You have to truly show that you are acting as a separate body and not like an employee. That's what happened in a recent case here. The judge essentially uh, took a look at it and said, well, the test between the two of you is similar. We will allow your attention to prevail, but you still have to be very careful in those situations. Yeah. And that is all we have for Life in the Tax Lane this month. We We'll see you next month and we'll get Hugh back on stage to chat a bit more. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. That's V-I-D-E-O-T-A-X.com. The preceding information is provided for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, visit videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2018. All rights reserved.